from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a podcast where each week Jeff and I use dark magic throwback references about being wizards. We never talk about being senior wizards, but we call our listeners junior wizards, Jeff. We are senior. We are senior wizards, which I think that I think that the listeners can tell what that means. It means that we've been phoning it in for about, like, uh, like probably a couple months now. Yes. As we get close to wizard graduation, we've been <laughs> really just, like, you know, you know, you see us in the back of the classroom, sunglasses on, varsity jackets, yep. just kind of breezing through, hoping to just sort of check out for these last few weeks, hit those wizard keggers at the end of the year. That's right. And really start our last summer together off right. Senior wizarditis basically means that you're a junior wizard, which means we're just better than you at magic. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much exactly what they're where that what that means. Jeff, if you were a wizard, like if you were a mage, what what like school would you be? Like, would you do elemental? Would you do like transmutation and stuff like that? Would you be a cleric? Stage magic. Stage magic. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. That's not a joke. Like, oh. <laughs> if I if I could be like a wizard, I would legitimately be like a fucking like illusion though. Like, yeah, you know, like illusion magic. Not no. Or you mean like would, sleight of hand? <laughs> it would legitimately be card like close up card trick. Like, if I could be a master of any school of magic, it would legitimately be. Like, you know, what's that behind your ear? It's a quarter. And, like, that's all I really... That's really the goal for me, is to get to that level where, like, I can just sort of be the ultimate, like, you know, make the Statue of Liberty disappear motherfucker. Wait, Jeff, can I ask you something? You know that, like, David Copperfield and them, they don't actually have magic powers, right? They just, like, sleight of hand and, like, there's this optical illusions. Please tell me you know this. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Santa's real. Everything's fine. Let's go get an ice cream. Aaron, do we have a prompt this week? <laughs> I'd, I'd like a prompt this week, Aaron. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just, I, I want a prompt this week. You were like, I want magic like a stage magician. I'm like, well, you can't like, you know they're not like casting spells, right? Just, Aaron, I'd like the prompt this week. This is a show where we take prompts, and this is a show where we make... T- Pretend of a world where dreams are real. I'd like to prompt this week, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Prompt this week. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, prompt, it's so fucking stupid. Oh, good. Prompt, a prompt this week comes from a very special prompt submitter, and that is my mom. My mom has Aaron's been... actual mother. My actual mother. My mom has been listening to the show to try to make sense of what I do and, like, what I want to do and stuff. So, like, this show, she's been kind of, like, binging it and really trying to, like, figure out how we make the show and, like, what the lore is and things like that. And she's obsessed. She thinks it's so cool. And she thinks, she's like, there's no way you guys make it up on the fly. You have to be writing shit down. And I was like, no, mom. No. And I slammed the door and I said, I'm playing Minecraft. (laughs) Yeah, and you hopped on your motorcycle and said, when I turn 18, I am out of here. I'm out of here. And my mom was like... Get out now. Um, all right. <laughs> no. But my mom wanted my so I called my mom today and she was talking to me about she listened to Elk Orchard and she's like, It's so cool. I wish I knew how to like send a prompt because I have a lot of cool ideas, but I don't know how to describe them. So I talked to her for a while and this is what we came up with. This is the greatest. I just want to say this is legitimately one of the best like days <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I didn't realize Impress Aaron's mom was so high on yeah. my list of priorities, you but like, I really feel like I'm at the top of the mountain now. She was like, Jeff is fucking brilliant. It's not fair. <laughs> like, he's so good. And I was like, yup, I know. Um, so the prompt is, she's standing on the beach. The constellations stood before her, no longer in the sky. Which is real. That's pretty good. It's pretty that's fucking, real good. That's real fucking good. That's like, just like good job, mom. That's just like pointing at the stands and you know, <laughs> call a shot, clean shot. It is all right. So let's let's. How do you want to start this? Because to me, it sounds like 
My first thought is that uh, we talk about when you die in fantasy and you do something either super heroic or, you know, super bad, you can become a constellation and you don't enter the ley lines. Yeah, you you live among the stars. You literally ascend to be among the stars for an eternity, giving guidance to those who need it and imbuing your presence within those who seek out your seek out your sort of mythical power. Is this like the Valkyrie that takes you to the stars and this is like the end of the movie or is this just another constellation person? You know what I mean? Is this the first person to, like, become a constellation? Is this the person who became the first one and, like, hmm. you know, I, I'm trying to, my, I'm trying to just, right now, yeah. I'm literally machine gun firing out of my mouth. And I'm trying to, like, I, I know what I kind of want. Like, I have a few ideas I want to throw at you. Give me. And let you pick out which one you want. Okay. These are the two ideas that jump out at me. Either this is a person, this is, like, the moment of death. For, for someone, for like a person of great legend, Ooh. where suddenly the, the constellations have gathered and they are like, what, like you, you, like you are coming with us now. And this is our end of the movie. Like we're going to tell the story of someone of legend, or this could be someone that, you know, sought audience with the constellations and like brought them all into one place to be like, let us all have a meeting and talk. I, I gotta say, I like the first one more. Okay, let's go with the first one then. I think that's, that's I, I like the idea of having like a, we don't know what, do we, should the, 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 sorry, lost words. The prompt has pronouns, yes? Uh, yes, she, her. Yes. So yeah, we don't know what she did yet, but like, I like the idea that, that her story ends with, you know, the basically like falling asleep contentedly. So but the visual I'm getting here. Okay. And we'll kind of figure out where we want to go after this. But the visual I'm kind of getting here is she, like, lays down contentedly on a rock, on a on a beach, on a cliffside. The stars are laid out before her. She closes her eyes. A sigh and a smile escapes her lips. And when she opens them, she is surrounded by every constellation. And they are like, well, are you coming or not? Oh, I like that a lot. Ooh, I like, ooh. Okay, because it gives you this cool feeling that, like, the constellations kind of watch over everyone. Mm -hmm. I fuck with this um, a lot. I really like this. So, the bounding hound is just, like, running around her ankles. Oh. (laughs) I got I'm obsessed. So, I think the best way for us to figure out her life, do you think, is central casting? That might be the best option. Now, something I was thinking of the other day, um, just real quick, is something for, like, tabletop talk... Every, I was thinking about how, like, a character, like, how you choose a character class, like, you know, when you're picking a game. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I thought about the person as being, like, the freelancer. You know, when you start yeah. out and you're nothing, how becoming a bard, like, it, it, it reflects who the person is. Like, in all, th- like, in our world, like, if you're a person who enjoys storytelling, you know, you enjoy playing music, like, you become a bard. You know what I mean? If you're someone, yeah. you know, and it, it follows the the character class, you kind of follow the personality of the person. Sure. And that's something I kind of want to figure out in this character. Like if we fi- if we roll up someone who's, you know, wants to protect people or has like a deep need to keep the world safe, like are they a paladin? Are they a cleric? Are yeah, they, sure, you know sure, what sure. I mean? Just something to think about. It's been in my head and I kind of wanted to pin it down with a dart before we jump into the madness that is central casting. I, I see what you're saying. Cool. So... Uh, let's crack the spine on that bad boy. It's been a minute, I think. I it can't remember. I feel like it's it's so central to the show that I I can't really tell you when the last time we used it or didn't use it is because I feel like we're all it's never it's always like it's a part of us. It's always a part yeah. of us. So here's what I want to do. Okay, I would like to. I feel like a lot of times we. I'm going to try to take a, a different tact with central casting today. Yeah, I would love to. Skip straight to the adult events. Yes, absolutely. I don't need to know, like, you know, the fucking... Today, I don't need to know, like, this town they grew up in and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like I feel like oftentimes we get really into, like, the events of their childhood and their upbringing. I kind of want to know, since this is a person of legend, and yeah. we've established this is a person who, at the end of her journey, will live among the stars, I kind of want to get into that. Yes. Because that also, we can kind of suss out, like, who she... Like, her class and all that, the kind of stuff that you were saying... By just going in and seeing the deeds that she has done as an adult. Yes. And sort of like the, th- the the sort of legendary task that she has undertaken. 
I love it. Also, we have some traits here uh, that we've never really used before. A uh, mechanic of, like, based on the events that we roll, it'll tell us to pick, a, like, an event off of a table. So we can also go with that. I think that'll be really fun. I love that. And I also have a table in uh, Table Fables 2 that I just found for magical weapons. So whenever oh, when that ca- I know. I know. And it's, of course, there's a lot. Good. I want there to be a lot. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to run some quick numbers. Okay, we'll just go zero. She had a comfortable upbringing. That's really the only thing we need to worry about. She has had a fairly comfortable... Do we want to roll on what her ancestry is or her culture? I think we should figure that out in the episode. I think it'll be cool for us. Like, a new direction would be, like... Because too often I find that, like, if you pick, like, the culture ahead of time... It kind of tells the story a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Let's... Let's, yeah, all right, yeah, let's, let's, I, I, I'm excited about this. I feel like we're kind of, like, going in, you know, empty-handed, yeah. and I feel like that's kind of fun and fresh. Exactly. So roll me 2d20 and add them together. All right, I will be rolling my new psionic combat dice that magical girl Kira, Alice Kira, gave me. That's neat. That's fucking, they're cool. They're, like, turquoise and purple. Let's roll that's them. That's real cool. 2d20? Two, two, two 2d20. Add it together. 12. On a 12? A culture-specific event occurs. Um, so now this is when we kind of... So give me that roll, and we'll, we'll determine what her culture is. Give me that roll. All right. Uh, I'm going to roll a D8 on her culture. Six. She's a gnome. A gnome. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. She grew up, I think, in kind of... I'm picturing kind of a big city. All right, all right. So we're just going to roll on, like, a generic, uh, like, event table. Give me a D10 for, like, a generic event. Hell yeah. Uh, nine. Our character knows of a great treasure owned by her rivals. She must decide whether she would betray, whether she would betray people's trust to get that reward. Okay. I I have an idea for that. Okay. She's in a group of treasure hunters. Yeah. You know, she's in a team. She's in like a gang of treasure hunters and they're all after one thing. Mm -hmm. It's like their big score. You know, it's their big thing. This is just an event of her life. Keep in mind. Yeah. That at one point she ran with a crew that was just like, you know, blasting through dungeons, digging for treasure. So that means she's someone who's kind of like, and she was, what What was it? She was willing to, she had to contemplate she has to decide. If she had to decide if she was willing to betray her friends, rivals, etc. Okay, so this is my, this is my idea for that. When she was like in her early 20s, she yeah. ran with a group of treasure hunters. And mm-hmm. she came across the thing that they were searching for. It is a magical weapon. Sure. Um, I'll roll on that table in a second. But when they got there, when it was like standing before them, you know, when it's stuck in the stone or like sitting on the altar and the light is shining on it, she had to decide like someone had to wield it. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of a thing where like everyone then looked at each other like, you know, this could become uh, the OK Corral. You know what I mean? Where everyone wants the sword, but not everyone can have it. So Mm -hmm. did she take it is my question. Is this something from her past that's like, that she regrets or like she drew on her, you know, her teammates because they all kind of turned on her. I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm into that being this being sort of a redemption story. Okay. Or maybe this being the start of a, of a, of a, of a story of, uh, you know, evil. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. I do. I do like the idea that she took this weapon. It is hers. And, it, and in doing so, she isolated herself a little bit. She, she broke up this band of, of treasure hunters. she, she made enemies in the process. She yeah. she has this object and in doing so has sort of lived her life kind of a little bit on the run, right? Like, mm, So if she's on the run, that means that they're all alive and they're after her. That means she took it. Like yeah. she, you know, she swapped it with a duplicate. Perhaps she crafted a duplicate, you know what I mean? And swapped mm-hmm. it out in Indiana Jones style. And so like when they went their separate ways, the person with like the magic bow mm-hmm. um, would be like, wait a minute. This is not the Artemis bow. This yeah. is oh, and it like turns to sand, but she's already long gone. Yep. Now, why would she do that? Just because she is it greed? Like she just wants the Artemis bow. You know mm. what I mean? She just wants it, or is it like were they bad? And she was like, I can't let them get their hands on this. Did she have like a turn of face? You know, during you know she was running with a rough crew. You know, they're just like scallywag treasure hunters and she fe- she realized once she saw the artemis bow where it's like i can't let this fall into their hands is it that let me throw let me throw something out to you i'm ready we're saying that they're a rough crew they're scallywags 
Aaron, I think this is a crew of pirates. Oh, yes, it is. I think this is a crew of pirates. She found the Artemis bow and basically said, maybe this, maybe, maybe, maybe she had this, that not even a face turn. She was just like, if we use this, there's no going back. Like the Artemis mm. bow, the Artemis bow, you name an opponent and you fire and it, the, the arrow finds home. Oh, we can't, I can't let a pirate crew have this. You know, and so she took it and absconded with it and, and sailed off into the ocean depths and said, like, this is mine now. And if I have to live, if I have to be the traitor who stole the traitor who betrayed my crew, so be it. Yeah, because pirate crews are tight in fantasy. Yeah. Oh, I dig that. Where it's like this this bow is incredibly dangerous. And if I have to live the life of like, you know, my reputation is that of like a traitorous pirate, so be it. This weapon uh-huh. is like. What does it do? We gotta know. Like, what? What's so cool about it? Does it like it? The the arrow hits you, and you like never existed. I think it's what I, I what I think it is. Here's my pitch. It is simply you like name up. You name your target. Like you say their name out loud when you release the arrow. Yeah, and it will travel halfway across the world. It is Death Note. You have described yeah. Death Note. It's Death Note bow. So I, I yeah, fuck it's a with Death this. Note bow. So like the idea is like you point it toward the sky, you say their name, you release the bow, you release the arrow, and like off it flies, and it'll like land on them, piercing yeah. anything in its path. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And like imagine having that as a pirate crew. You would rule the seas. You would sink ships. You would sink ships before you came upon them. You would. You would. Ru- you would. You would destroy entire crews and ruin lives. They can't have that. So now what? Now where does she go? Like, so she's on the run. So do you want to roll in the next event knowing that yeah. she... She is on the run. She is on the run on the water. Okay. I D2D20. love this. Okay, she's on the water. She's on the lamb. People are chasing her because of this fucking bow that defies reality. Yeah. 21. Character inherits property from a relative. Go to gifts and legacies. Okay. Roll a d10 on the subtable below entry 14. A d10? Yeah. I got a 10. 10? All right. An apartment building. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay. Okay. I have, I, have a, I have a pitch for this. Okay. She's on the lamb, right? She's on the run. The only place she can go is home. You said she had a comfortable mm-hmm. upbringing. Yeah. So she goes to her family and they're like, or what's her name? <sighs> something cool she's a legend yeah. with a fucking thing called the artemis bow yeah she hmm dartana sky sail oh 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 fuck okay so dartana it's been a while since we've recorded so i just wanted to dartana dartana okay it's so good so dartana goes home dartana sky sail returns to her childhood home after being away for like a decade like do, yeah. Does her family? Oh, okay. I have a thing. She grew up. Dartana grew up in in like an apartment building, you know, in Dragon. We'll say, you know, she yep. grew up pretty comfortable, just normal. Like she was just like a kid. Blah 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 blah. Left home for what reason? Seeking adventure, seeking treasure, seeking what? Because she 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 joined a group of pirates. Yeah. You know, was it because, like, you know, she was in love and, like, you know, the she fell in love with the pirate lord, you know, something like that. What if it was greed? I, f- I fucking love greed. What if it was, <laughs> what if it was she left to get her big break and then kind of saw the reality, like, and the so the, the stealing of the Artemis bow wasn't even necessarily, like, a, oh, this is a line too far. It is a, it was a dawning realization of, like, what this life would be right mm. like she left she left she 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 hopped on the first pirate ship that kind of sailed through her small town can i interject something yes to, to send this on its course so i'm thinking um how she got like you know how she got wrapped up to this was like greed and you said she jumped on the first pirate ship yep. is she a bard because we said every pirate ship needs a musician i love it so she was like she's like my way out she wanted to get out of dragon you know yeah. what I mean? She wanted to get out, and she knows that the easiest way is to just be, like, you know what I mean? If you can play a tune, and you can mm-hmm. charm a sea monster, like, you can join any pirate ship. Like, you're in high fucking demand. Yep. So, like, she put up her LFG flag, and that shit sn- snagged in, like, two seconds. So, it was basically, like, to just get out and get treasure. Like, maybe she just wanted to get money. 
you know, she grew up in like a pretty moderate situation, saw how some pirates were living and was like, fuck this. I can just be a pirate bard. I think and I think that but I think once she got on that ship, she realized, oh, no, this is like this is what it'll be forever. Mm. I also want to add a little bit of a detail. Yes, please. If she's someone of legend, I think it is only appropriate that she is on the ship of the most fearsome pirate in the world. Oh, Goldbeard the Ah! Elder. Known for being the deadliest pirate in the world, the most ruthless, gruesome pirate that has ever sailed the seas. Oh, yeah. A, a, a monster of a man. Fuck. And she, and that's probably part of it, right? That's, imagine, imagine somebody with that kind of, that kind of ruthless bloodlust and that kind of, like, that kind of stark, like, I will kill anyone who gets in my way. Oh. Imagine giving that person a ticket to just off anyone in an instant. It's terrible. Has to be stopped. Right. She's so she goes like, I can't do this. I've been singing the song of this person. This will like this is what my life is now. This is where I'm gonna be. This is it for me. No, it can't be. So she she is the thief, the thief in the night that stole from Goldbeard and lived. Okay. So this person, so Dartana, Dartana, Dartana Skysail. Joins Captain Goldbeard's crew. Mm-hmm. How long is she on this? Like, you know what I mean? Because she becomes their bard. A bard stands at the mast of a ship playing music to calm the thousands of sea monsters that are in the oceans of, and seas of fantasy. How long does she do this for? You know what I mean? Like, being basically like a pirate crew. Like, is it fun? Is it ballin'? Like, is her life awesome on this boat? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. We did previously, one of the things that we had re, one of the results we had re-rolled was uh, just adding a bunch of, uh, adding a bunch of years to a character's age and a bunch of events happen. Yeah. So yeah, she's on this boat for a long time. She is, she is the, the singer of the song of Goldbeard. And part of the reason that Goldbeard's legacy spreads the entire world is through her song. Jesus Christ. She is the siren of the seas. Like she is. And and that so this is starting to give me a picture of why she is someone of legend. She is, you know, her her words, her poem, her art appears on every port in fantasy. Every pirate sings a song of sky sail. Oh, is it bad though? Is this like does this hurt her in the present now that she has the Artemis bow? Like, is it a past she's trying to run away from, or does the song of sky sail? Is it about her atoning for kind of being a part of this shit crew? I love that. I like, well, I love that, like, her songs are famous. Okay. But her song is one of redemption and is one of, is one of making, making right where once was led astray. Okay. So there's the difference between the songs that she has written and the song that is sung of her. Okay. So we said that she goes home, right, after getting the Artemis bow. And does she tell, she's on the run, so people are, Goldbeard is following her. Yeah. Now what? She gets an inheritance that's an apartment building. She gets... She, sorry, go ahead. She owns... She she inherits her parents' apartment complex. Like, she comes home and takes it. Or, like, you know, moves back home and, like, starts being the super. What... <laughs> okay. What if? May I throw a twist on that? Yeah. I... This is where... This is why I'm laughing. This is where my train of thought was going. What if it's not an apartment she inherits? What if it's like a magic tomb or a vault that's been in her family where she can hide the Artemis bow that no hands may ever touch it again? And you're like, what? <laughs> she becomes the super. So. Well, let me let me throw something out to you because I think we can combine these ideas in a very interesting way. <laughs> I agree. Does she become the sentry of this place? Is it like a superintendent of a tomb? Sorry. She goes home. Well, so what I think happens, this is my pitch. She has this object. She knows that she has to not only take it, but defend it. She can only run for so long. She probably spends a long time running. She's well acquainted with the shadow, with the shadow trolley. But eventually she's like, I have to, I can't keep running. I have to make a stand. I have to bury this bow in a place that no one will find it. But the thing is, Aaron, do you know the one place that she knows where to hide something better than any human, any, any person could ever hide an object? No. It's her childhood home. Oh, okay. It's where she grew up. She had a, you know, she grew up in, and it, she grew up in this apartment complex, which means that like she was growing up, like exploring the 
back staircases and the 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 air ducts the and fire the escapes yeah, yeah. She knows this one building in this one neighborhood of Dragon, this sprawling, flying city, better than some people, better than the great explorers of fantasy know the entire world. So she comes back and she moves in and she says, I'm going to live here and I'm going to place this bow where, you know, where only I have ever tread. And so she becomes the super. She owns this building. I'm going to keep going with it because it's a funny part. <laughs> I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 with you. And she just it, she 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 moves in here and she makes her stand in this building and has this this what I'm picturing is a legendary battle in this apartment complex. Oh, I did not see that coming. That's a good twist. Well, she's got to fight off the forces of Goldbeard. She does. She does indeed. This is how this is what this is my this is my envisioning for this. So. She she moves back home. This hey listeners, this is really fucking hard. Um she moves back home, right? She yep. hides the bow in the house. Do people does Goldbeard think the bow is with her? I think he has to. Yes. So she does she stay in Dragon knowing that Goldbeard, the most murderous pirate, will come to her child at home, or does she lure him somewhere? Hmm. This is this is my pitch for you. Yeah. Does uh what is the name? Dartana Sky sail. Does Dartana Sky sail lure him to the sea yep. and then like trap him somewhere like in like this undersea tomb? Is there some kind of sea monster element? Is there something she does with her voice? Does she charm him? Does you know what I mean? What happens? Does she get killed by Goldbeard? You know, like I'm trying to think, does she have to take the bow underwater with her and like the, she that's where she fucking rests you know what i mean i don't know is this like just a chapter of her life goldbeard i i hmm. you know because that's my part pitch. that's the hard part i'm struggling with is like we're talking about this heroic bow quest and she becomes the super and i'm like is this all her life ended up being i think no because i think like i know the con- I, I have you've meant like you threw out something that i feel like is the perfect conclusion for this I love the idea of a sea monster. Okay. Big kraken, right? Of course. Like tentacles, big giant whale of a thing. And she is a singer. She is an artist. She draws out Goldbeard to the sea, to this cliffside. She draws out Goldbeard and, and, and brings no weapon, does not bring the bow. It's buried in... Like, it's buried in a, or it's, like, hidden in a fuse box on the third floor next to the staircase, the one that's been, like, painted over so that it doesn't actually, like, open, but it opens if you twist it just right. The bow is buried miles away, is I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's hidden in a way, place that only she'll know for all eternity. And so she, she only brings the one, she only brings that which brought her fame and that which got her out of Dragon. She brings her song. And that song, she sings it on this one day and slays the pirate Goldbeard when a kraken rises from the depths and crushes the boat. Damn. Damn. Fuck. Okay. And then she walks away and she never speaks. Like, she doesn't, you know, she does not claim this honor, right? Like, she does not become the killer of Goldbeard because, like, she could become a pirate queen if she really wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. She walks away and we'll roll on one more, like, adult event to determine what happens but i think like that's just that that is the end of that story and she's like okay i did it fuck i made i made it right okay what if that that's not what makes her a constellation right uh do you tell me it sounds like you've got something what if it wasn't okay like what if that was a part of her life what if that okay what if because to me we're talking about someone who spent years as a crew member on like Goldbeard's shithead cruise adventure, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Then finally had a change of heart and ended up like burying this like you know apocalypse weapon, and then like because of an inheritance, like also that means like her parents died and she came home. You know what I mean? Like she came home to find an inheritance from her family. That it's just like psych. You're that you have the deed to this spot now. Welcome home, Dartana. And it's kind yeah. of like this feeling where I think she thought of like for the first time like. This is not who I am. Like, what have I become? I'm a yeah. person who's inciting violence and helping helping an asshole, like, rule over the seas. Like, I can imagine there are so many times that D'Artana was standing at the bow of the ship, or whatever the front of the ship is, nautical friends, singing songs, the mast of the ship, and, like, 
you know, a giant seahorse rises from the sea, like, and is about to shoot a beam of ice, and, like, Dartana's song, like, makes it, like, you know, go away and coo. Yeah. You know, and she, I think there's a lot of moments where she's, like, notices the things she's doing are bad, like, the things she's helping her do, but, you know, she's living a life that she kind of wanted, and she uh-huh. could have stopped it so many times. So now, I think, after doing this, this is her first moment of, like, I can stand for myself. I can stand up for myself. You know, I buried the bow. You know, I made my parents proud. I I tried to make it right, but she did it. Like, you know, it's not right yet, I don't think. I think this story needs a little more time in the slow cooker. Yeah, I think that there's another there's another adult event that I want to roll on. Hell yes. Because I, I like the idea that, like, this is someone who... Here's the summary in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the next event that we roll will be probably the thing that really makes her a legend. Absolutely. Because this is someone who wanted something so badly reached out and grabbed it and then realized oh god this isn't what i wanted at all yeah and became so mired in this in this horrible reality of the thing that she grabbed and that it seemed like there was no escape and so she moved heaven hell and earth and like changed reality to get out and to leave it behind and said and did you know a thing of legend a thing that thousands of people have dreamed of and and she did something magical and epic and said like but did not live in that and did not and walked away from that and that in itself is a uh, is a thing of legend right Mm. to say to say i have i have done this but i will not like i will not let this 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 moment of awe inspiring power is not my ending and i will go off and i will live my life on my terms yeah it's i love that so much i see her like you know it's raining and she's huddled under a tree and just like can't sleep just like staring at the artemis bow like what it represents and what it is and she's like i have to get rid of this and like maybe Mm -hmm. while she was out on the road like running from goldbeard riding the shadow trolley she got a text that was like come home like mom and dad are not okay and she's like oh my god like and i'm out here trying to get rid of this like catastrophe weapon jesus like what what is what is this what is my life right now yeah damn so dartana had a heel turn moment or that's a heel turn right or no heel turn is when you turn bad in wrestling yeah she turns bad and then she had a face turn when she turned good she started as a heel she she joined that pirate crew knowing what they were capable of yeah she was a little shit in her parents house so they were like you know you can grow up and be a super like us like we own the building and she's like, Psh. and then she's like, no, I'm going to be a pirate. Yeah. Like, look how all the dope stuff they have. And then realized, God, why would I want that? Oh, I can just see it now. Like Goldbeard's beard. Uh, it's full of Cheeto dust, by the way, as established in like episode four. Um, yep. But he's like covered in jewelry and like their ship like shines with gold in the sun. She saw that from her small bedroom window in an apartment building. And she's like, fuck, like some people have that. And I have this, like, I want that, as, like, you know, a lot of people do. A lot of people think like that. But mm-hmm. now, this event. Give me 2d20. 2d20. 19 and 13, so it's 32. 32. Character has a romantic encounter. Oh. Ah, love. Actually, I'm starting to think, I'm starting to think, I might not want to roll for this. Okay. I might have something. I'd love to hear it. You threw out a little detail. Tied into, like, her great epic moment. It is not that she summoned the Kraken and killed Goldbeard that is the moment that makes her a legend. Here's my pitch. Okay. You threw out this tiny little detail that a giant star, a giant uh, seahorse rose from the depths and shot a beam of ice and she sang it to, she sang it to sleep and, and dispersed the ice beam and cast it into the waves. Yes. What if that is her legacy? Oh, baby. Because she speaks to the Kraken, right? Like, she summons the Kraken and sings a song that rouses it to action. Yes. She sings a song to the seahorse that puts it, that that brings it peace and lets it rest. You know, that puts it, that that lets it it calm down and resume its life in the water. Mm. What if she is, like, a singer of, a singer of all things like a singer of nature okay so you said something early on when you were like her songs are famous her songs Mm -hmm. are known by everyone on the seas maybe Mm -hmm. it's because like her songs like she is the first because we said in uh i I wrote this thing in like the travel one of our travel episodes that nymphaea lakis was a bard 
You know what yep. I mean? Like she was a bard on a ship who sang songs. And by the way, my mom, by the way, um, was listening to things and she types to me, what is Faya Lakis? I tried to be as phonetic as possible. And I was like, oops, we have to slow down sometimes. I think I do when I say Nymphaea Lakis. <laughs> Nymphaea Lakis. So Nymphaea Lakis was a bard who was on a ship and like did this and like charmed a monster and became like, you know, a legend, got the quill, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Perhaps Startana is the person who preceded, like, all of, who, like, started this art form of calming the seas with her voice. Mm. Because, um, sorry, you said all her songs are known by everyone, and you said her songs are what's famous. Yeah. Like, it's, maybe it is that technique of, like, you know, she doesn't hate the sea monsters, you know what I mean? She, 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 she feels something in them, right? Like, and she sings a song, and I think, like, when she looks back on her life, because I think she kind of spends the rest of her days as a super in a quiet apartment complex. Yeah. But she sings these songs and creatures large and small of water, of sky, of earth, they respond. And they, you know, and she sings and she sits in her window and sings a tune. And even if she doesn't realize it, somewhere in the water, like... An entire coral reef glows. Mm. Now, you said something interesting. You said she sees something in the sea monsters. Yeah. What is it? Is Mm. it like a pain? You know what I mean? Is it like this mutual feeling of like, I get you. But but like, what is it though? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out who this person is. You know, like they went out on the water and they, they left their parents behind in a kind of shitty way. So basically like in their high school days, like... They joined a shitty crew of, like, people fucking throwing eggs at people in the mall. You know what I mean? And, like, that was her life for a long time, was running with a crew who did fucked up stuff. And that sucks. Oh, okay, I have something. I have something. So when she's on the boat, you know, and she's, you know, she's a part of this team, and, you know, she doesn't really agree with it, but it's giving her the life that she's always wanted— When a sea serpent rolls up and stares them in the face with the face of, like, you know, fury and get out of my territory, part of her is just, like, this this feeling of containment, I think she would feel, of, like, she's not really living the life she thought she was. She's stuck Mm -hmm. with Goldbeard. She's stuck on this ship with this crew of shitlings and these free, incredible creatures with magnificent power, you know, are swimming up to their ship and, like, defending their territory. And she's, like... You know, they're they're the freest beings of all. I know that's so cliche, but I'm trying to think of what this person wanted initially. And that would be yeah. like a life, uh, you know, of excitement and adventure and like, you know, having all the things you've ever wanted. And I think once she gets them, she's like, I don't have anything. I'm a, yeah. you know, a prisoner of my own making. I live on a fucking boat. Yeah. And so she sees that these monsters are in the waters and like, you know, they're... They're raging. Sometimes they're hurting. And sometimes, you know, they, they're protecting their family. They're protecting their... Young. Maybe that's it. That the sea serpent, you know, the, the, the one that was about to shoot the beam of ice, yeah. Goldbeard, you know, sees, you know, the sea serpent and all its little babies swimming around. And he's like, get them away from the ship. Like something about protecting family, oh, I yeah. think it is, or where you come from. I, I, here's, uh, here's my big pitch for that. Okay. So we come back... We know that her story ends on the cliff where she summoned the sea monster. Yes. Animal sanctuary. Mmm. What do you think? I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. So she, because she protects family. She wants to protect, she wants to protect, you know, she, she cares. She realizes that what she was looking for was a place to belong. She realizes that she just wanted to be free you know it, that that sort of like you you said that sense of freedom and and it is what it is but i think there's something to that and it's a, it's the idea that like she's like i just want to mark my own destiny and a feeling of community i think is very strong that's a good yeah, one she wants to form a, com- a sense of community and she realizes she sees in all of these creatures that they're all just looking for the same thing mm. they're all just looking to protect their own little family units and so you know, she she has her apartment complex, and in a way, that becomes its own. That be, that that ties that actually ties really perfectly into it. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. she has an apartment. She hasn't. She finally inherits her parents' apartment complex at the end of this war with Goldbeard, and she meets the people, all of these families and borders, and you know, 
people living on their own and people starting out their lives with their significant others and families, you know, generation, you know, families can live in that apartment complex. And I think there are families that live in that apartment complex for generations. And she learns their stories and she's like, there's a community here. And she, she sees these, you know, so she has this apartment complex and she works there for a long time and eventually departs and goes to a cliffs, goes to this quiet cliffside where this legendary kraken lives and gathers animals, sings her song and the animals come, come and gather and she takes care of them. And she runs this animal sanctuary where she teaches people about and about nature and it's this quiet little slice of nature on the very outskirts of dragon what i think is really interesting jeff is that kind of what we're figuring out is that like you have a legend right you have someone Mm -hmm. who's larger than life who accomplished wow she killed goldbeard wow you know dartana skysail invented you know the songs that calm the sea monsters but like what's more important and what's better is that like you know like all legends and in real life like they have normalcy in their life they have a day-to-day and i'm glad that we kind of got to know what Dartana Skysail's, like, real goals were and her real, like, yes, you know, she is a legend for inventing this, but, like, what she would have loved, I think, to be remembered more for was, like, y'all, I couldn't take care of my parents when I had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, I should have been home. So I made up for it, and I created homes and kept generations of people safe. I kept generations of animals safe so that their families could live and thrive, you know, because I... Because I failed, I think she feels, you know. And what I think is really cool is, going back to the end of the story, you said that she's on this beach, you Mm -hmm. know, and the constellations stand before her. You know, the sky is starless, and these beings of starlight blink in front of her, and they're like, are you ready? And I think she says no. Mm. I think she wants to be, you know, a part of the planet, a part of the people, a part of you know, what what she is. You know, her legend will live on, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she's someone you can call to and who would answer. Yeah, I think that I, I really like that. I think she says no. I love that. That's, fuck, that's really good. I'm about, <laughs> I'm about this. Cool. She says no, and she turns around and walks off. But something of note to me is necromancers in the generations that would come obviously would want to speak to the person that wrote the song that led to the nocturne that did all of these things. No one ever hears her voice or her spirit or feels her presence in the ley line. Ooh. She's not there. At least not to the people that are looking. There's a bird on a tree in a nest and, you know, the wind blows and the nest falls and the eggs start to, like, fall and the nest lands perfectly on the ground. The, 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 the eggs are like perfectly kind of uh, swaddled in, in branches and are protected. And the bird lands and is calm. And she smiles. Can I add on to that, please? Yeah. That's so good, Jeff. I think that within all of the world now, because we talk about in fantasy, when you die, you become a part of everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think in Dartana's case, when she died... Every animal, every bird sings a song, yes? Mm-hmm. If you were to listen close enough and study really each and every bird of fantasy, the millions and millions of species, and pieced every chirp, every squawk, every honk together, it would form the melodies of like maybe even one of her songs. Yeah. You know, if you I love were to that. trace the purr of cats, you know, the. The song of whales, every kind of animal in fantasy, the sounds that they make, if you were to break them down into like notes on a sheet of paper, it would compose like this woman's music. Because I think she's not a part of that world. You know what I mean? She's not a part of like the people of fantasy. She cared more about, you know, having a place where, like you said, like an animal sanctuary and a place in like a just kind of a world where animals don't get fucking bothered you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. By pirates. <laughs> and just to play, they, they, they could have a feeling of like safety and sanctuary everywhere. Like she, like you, like you said, she watches kind of over them. Oh, I'm going to add one last closing note. <laughs> Please do. Because I also love that. There's another thing that I want to add, though. I think there's one place where like, where if you stand in this one spot, you hear everything. 
you hear all of the sounds of all of the animals and it perfectly comes together. If you stand in this exact one place, you hear the exact frequency of every animal sounds and it comes together to form her her final song. Do you know where that is? Where? It is the southwest corner of the rooftop garden of the apartment complex that she worked at for oh, 45 years. Baby, that's real good. Oh. Every every day she would go up and tend a tiny little rose bush. You know, trim it, prune it, take care of it. And if you stand in that one spot at the foot of that rose bush, which is still there, you hear it. You hear all of it. God damn. Jeff, that's very good. I think that's a wrap. Damn. That was a good fucking episode. Good episode. Damn, thanks, Mom, for your prompt. Thank, thank you, Aaron's mom. Um, that was a great prompt. If you... <laughs> If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, like my mom did, there are a lot. Of, <laughs> there are a lot of ways you can do it. One is by uh, raising Aaron from, from birth. <laughs> raise you can raise me. That's one way to do. It. Birth me and raise me and treat me good. Um, you can also tweet at us at amfc underscore podcast using the hashtag Fantasy Children. Um, you can also. Uh, you can also raise me from birth. That's another option. You can raise Jeff like a mom bird. <laughs> um, you can also post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can uh, post them to our Discord at bit.ly slash amfcdiscord. Or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com. Um, yeah, there you can find links to our Wikipedia page, curated by Katie Kolop and some incredible people. Links to our band camp, where I post all the music made for episodes. Um, and is that it? That's all that's on there? Oh, yeah, and links to our Discord, where you come hang out with us and chat and shit. Jeff has a second podcast, speaking of internet things to do. I sure do. Party of One is an actual play focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend... We play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. You can find new episodes every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Yeah! All My Fantasy Children is part of the One-Shot Podcast Network. If you like All My Fantasy Children, Warda is an original fantasy actual play podcast created by Ali Grauer and Drew Marjewski. It's one of the it's one part Game of Thrones, two parts Downton Abbey, served on the rocks with a twist of Agatha Christie. That's an amazing fucking blurb, you guys. Discover magic, mystery, and more than a little socio-political commentary along the way. The city holds thousands of voices. What will yours be? I did it. Also, <laughs> you did it. I'm so I'm proud of you. <laughs> Also, speaking of the network, um, we should briefly call out that uh, one of our network hosts is in the hospital right now. Yes. Uh, Jeff from System Mastery had to choose between getting health insurance for himself or his newborn daughter. He is likely going to leave the hospital with bills he can't afford. We are asking for heroes to contribute to a GoFundMe campaign at bit.ly slash livingmastery to help him and his family out. Any amount will be a big help. Hell yeah. I have a new segment besides the verbal hug for you. It's just a quick one. To, like, shout out, what are you listening to right now? What friend, what show, uh, what, like, smallish, not, like, gigantic fucking Critical Role podcast are you listening to that people should be listening to right now? Hmm. What you listening to is what I call it. Uh, right now, I am listening to, um, it is not, like, an RPG or actual play podcast. I am listening to a podcast called The Bad Wrestling Podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Every episode, every week, they, they watch, uh, the two hosts watch a bad wrestling pay-per-view or, or, tele or event, and they talk about it. They go match for match and talk about why bad wrestling is sometimes kind of the best wrestling. That's awesome. Um, I've been listening to Protean City Comics because, one, uh, I love Brandy Langambetta, James Malloy, and the whole squad, but also, like, I'm just trying to learn more about tabletop games, and the mm -hmm. Stop, Pack, and Roll peeps are, like, super good at teaching you kind of, like, how to play games and, like, how to just kind of learn. Like, you know, it doesn't jump in, like, real sweaty. It's very good yeah. at, like, helping kind of new players like myself get more comfortable with uh, Powered by the Apocalypse type stuff. Yeah, I, the Protean City is a treasure. Like, it is... It is really, for me, the gold standard of actual play. Like, it puts a lot of the stuff that I do to shame. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I think that the stuff they're, like, the the way that they approach actual play is legitimately inspirational. And I, I, I think about how they approach it a lot. Damn. Also, they have a spectacular taste in guest stars. It's true. They're guest stars. Woof. Ben. Mwah. Fantasmic. Um, a verbal hug this week. A verbal hug this week is... It means legitimately so, like, I'm going to get a little emotional here. Okay. 
uh, we've been kind of giggling about it, but like, do you know really what it means to me that your mom has been listening to this oh, podcast and like man. enjoying the work that we're doing? Like, so like, and and it goes back to the constant refrain that we have of like, support the things that the people that you care about are doing, and like, you know the 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 power that you have as someone close to someone making something or doing or doing something is astronomical, you know. And I, I, this, this sounds a little bit like I'm tooting my horn, but like I've had people say, like, "Oh, the podcast is good. I enjoy it." But having it come from somebody that close, mm-hmm. it like it stopped my whole day in its tracks because it's like, <laughs> "Wow, thank you!" Like that, it's meaningful and powerful, and it just like so. If someone very, very close to you like is doing something, take some time to just tell them that it you know that it takes some time to to give it a shot and if you enjoy it tell them because like because you know you are close to them for a reason and to to have that impact is astronomical and is undeniably meaningful all of which is to say thank you aaron's mom yeah thank you for listening and enjoying this thing that we do and for saying that i am brilliant (laughs) i will try my best to live up to that try to make work that has like an impact on people. You know what I mean? Like my mom doesn't listen to fucking podcasts. You know what I mean? My mom's not out there like banging out actual plays and listening. Like my mom doesn't like fantasy shit. You know what I mean? Like she does. Yeah. But like, so the fact that this like affected her means that like for me, even if I'm not her son, I'm like, I must be doing something right. If yeah, like for sure. I made something, you know, we made something happen with my mom who had like an actual response. So like, I, I feel strongly about that. I feel, con- it makes me yeah. feel confident. That, like, we're yeah, doing something sure. that could, you know, make someone feel a genuine emotion or gen- make you feel that wonderment. It feels good. So always perform your shows. You know, if you're making a podcast, you're making a game, you know, make it so for the people, like, for someone who has never played a fucking game before, if they can enjoy it and feel something genuine. Give your whole heart to it is basically kind of what I'm trying to say. Everything that you do is some is, is an opportunity for someone to discover that thing for the first time. Yes. So... Swing for the fences. Go go all, you know, point to the fences and swing and try to make that experience that you at one time would have needed to oh. capture that, that emotion. I think you put it perfectly, Aaron. Awesome. Right, that's it. Damn. And on that, until next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game.